Hello, everybody, at futureprimitive.org. I am on the phone with Maurice Lavenant, who was actually born in Aix-en-Provence in France. Uh, he became a student of astrology in his teens and followed the teachings of André Barbeau, Dane Rudyard, and Liz Green, and many others. He graduated from the London School of Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine twice in 1992 and 1997. Uh, he has studied Chinese herbal medicine for five years. He now lives in Spain, where we have reached him today, and uh, dedicates his life to Chinese medicine, astrology, writing, and music. I found out about Maurice by reading the current issue of the Mountain Astrologer, which I found here in Santa Fe. And I read this very interesting article called Pluto in Capricorn, 2008 to 2023. I've only read the first part of the article because it's in three parts. And I'd like to read just a tiny uh, phrase here that's very interesting. He says, Humans have a knack both to create impossible situations and to find equally convoluted solutions to escape from their self-made predicaments. So, Maurice, would you introduce yourself and uh, say a few words about your work before we start talking about the article? Yes, thank you, certainly. Well, you did this very well, actually. That's my basically born in France, educated in London, and now living in Spain, and studied, as you said, you know, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and Chinese herbal medicine in, uh, in London and then in China as well and studied astrology as an ongoing thing since my teens with many teachers, and now living quietly in Spain and uh, uh, practicing Chinese medicine, studying astrology still, writing, producing music. That's basically it. Uh, talk to us about your passion for music. Or oh, that started when I was very, very little boy. I was, um, I was all, always attracted to, to music. Where, um, whenever there was a, an instrument or somebody playing music, I was always, you know, fascinated by, by this. And you know, that's going, that's been an ongoing passion since I was um, a tiny, a tiny boy, basically. So I followed that through. I studied music um, in Paris. I studied music in Toulouse at the, the Conservatoire, as we call it in French. Yes. And uh, now um, I just basically do this as a hobby, mostly, mm -hmm. and produce music. Songwriting is my, is my main, uh, main occupation in that way. And I enjoy it very much. Okay. Music is, um, is pretty much linked to Chinese medicine and astrology in some ways. Um, once upon a time, astrology was uh, only had seven planets, and um, these planets were connected with, uh, supposedly connected with vibrations, which were themselves connected to musical notes. So everything was 
pretty much um, in harmony with everything. Then some new planets were discovered, and you know, it sort of changed the the musical landscape and the astrological landscape. I basically followed this uh, these ideas throughout my life. The idea of energy in expressed through music or expressed through uh, energetic work, med- medical work, or um, astrologically as well. Yes. That's, that's more or less it. Yes. Hmm? Well, you begin here in your introduction by talking about the fact that we are in troubled and volatile times. Mm-hmm. And so you say that there's an important astrological factor that will come into play, and it's the Capricorn ingress into Pluto, and that this will happen this mm-hmm. year in 2008. So would you like to talk a little bit about that? Well, certainly it's, uh, it's, it's an important thing because it's actually a slow cycle in terms of, of astrology, and particularly in relation to um, the, the short lifespan of human beings. I mean, the cycle is, is, is about 248 years. So the uh, ingress of Pluto in a sign is, is not something that happens very often. It, uh, it depends where Pluto is in the zodiac, but, but um, roughly it stays 12 or more years in, in a sign. And so when Pluto enters a sign, it's there for a long time and it has you know, deep influences on, on human activities. So the last ingress of Pluto was, uh, was in the mid-17th century and then before that, the early part of the 15th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so when Pluto enters Capricorn, uh, usually there are some important things that happen in terms of uh, management of resources. And as we all know, you know, we're coming to a fairly critical point in terms yes. of resources um, right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. It's not, no secret, but... Um, I think Pluto entering Capricorn is, is is a factor that we cannot ignore. Basically, it will have its its uh, its influence on 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 particularly those powered by you know petrol, fossil fuel. Yes, we're coming to a crisis with that, and and basically that's uh, that's what it spells. Mm. Maurice, you talk about the evolution of work when you look at the past passages of Pluto in Capricorn, the way I understand it, you talk about the evolution of work. And would you comment on that? Yes. The, the, well, the situation with our relationship with work hasn't always been the same. Um, if you take, for example, uh, prior to the 15th century, the medieval times, work didn't have the same flavor, didn't have the same meaning to human beings as it has now. There's been some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at um, what people built, um, where people invested in terms of work mm-hmm. during, for example, um, you know, sort of Egyptian, the Egyptian civilization, what was inspiring people was very much a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. and 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 that's changed, obviously. You know, I mean, I recently was in, in Cambodia and visited uh, the Angkor Wat uh, complex, temple complex, and that yes. was um, a very moving experience in some ways. But particularly in, in seeing that people would dedicate so much time, for probably all their lives, mm-hmm. in in building these things. 
that were massive, uh, massive undertakings, really. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, we couldn't do this now, you know. So we can say that our, our concept of work, what motivates us, has certainly changed a lot over the years. You talk about um, also in 1519, uh, there was yeah. uh, a passage of Pluto, and that was also a time of... Uh, of great wandering and exploration. I don't like to say discovery because uh, I don't believe that these people discovered anything. (laughs) (laughs) You speak about the desire to to know more of our world. Certainly, at the time, at the time, there was a bit of a a big expansion and, uh, but that was driven mostly by um, wanting to to access natural resources, I see. you know, the time of conquistadors and all these things right. um, that happened, Magellan uh, going around the world for the first, and, you know, people going in unknown places to them, the places were known to other people, obviously, yes, as yes. you said, but, uh, <laughs> but to us Westerners, basically, it was, uh, it was new to us, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we helped ourselves to natural resources and eliminated, you know, various populations that lived in the place. And it, it seems to me that, well, not, it hasn't changed that much. We just do it differently. But it's pretty much the same nowadays. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the expansion that Pluto and Capricorn uh, normally spells is, 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 you know, is forthcoming. It's actually this month Pluto is entering Capricorn right now. Right. So we can expect the next few years to, um, to, to have a similar flavor. I'm not saying it's going to be the same because, you know, it cannot be the same. Mm-hmm. History is not a circle, it's a spiral, yes. obviously. So, so, so it doesn't repeat, it, um, it, but it has cycles within cycles. And, and I think that we, uh, we will witness some things that will have the same flavor as what we saw before. Now, obviously, we have to combine this flavor with the current situation, and then hopefully we get um, we get a fairly good forecast. You know, <laughs> how do you? That's see, the nature of astrology. How do you see us uh, moving out of this mess, um, economically, spiritually, politically, uh, in terms of our relationship to the earth, etc.? Well, I think it's going to be a difficult time. I, I think that. You know, you don't have to be an astrologer to see that, but yeah. but if you add astrology, an astrological dimension to all of this, um, we certainly need to to invent or to release on the market technologies. Will be released new technologies of of um, you know energetic technologies, um, machines or. It, it, Definitely, there is going to be a, a, a revolution in energy generation, I think, over the next few years. We, we, we have to, on one level. And I think the nature of Pluto and Capricorn is that um, we tap into different levels of energy suddenly. You know, the, the, the 16th century, the early part of the 16th century, we, we, well, basically, we used slaves. So um, that was what we, what we did as humans, is that we enslaved Humans enslaved humans. That wasn't yeah. particularly nice, but no. but that's what we did. Yes, yes. And uh, th- then after that, we uh, we tapped into mechanical means to uh, to power our, our societies. Mm-hmm. 
And I think now we are coming to a point where we're going to have to uh, discard the, 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 fuel, the fossil fuel-based energy system and go into another one. And I think that the other one is basically um, something... Um, it's hard to know because it's not there yet, but right. my feeling is it's that it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's to do with the new cosmological models that we have emerging since the 80s, which, um, which Einstein talked about and various other scientists. Um, and that has to do with what they call zero-point en zero energy, which is the, the constant energy of the universe. You cannot, the universe is full of energy. So if, yes. we, if we can tap into this, then we have we have solved a big problem of, of energy that we have. And I think that this is what will happen, something along these lines. I'm not exactly sure because I'm not a scientist. Right, but, right. Um, <laughs> right. But if we do this, I think, I think we, we, we have... Um, at the moment, what's going on is obviously we have a huge structure mm -hmm. uh, that, is, that is based on fossil fuel, that is, you know, with, with a, a massive economy that is running on the back of it at the moment, right. and it's, it's not about to give up its, its control any time yet, yeah. or even time soon, I should say. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a struggle, I think. I think there will be a struggle until this new energy becomes available. And that could take maybe 20 or more years. It's, uh, it's anybody's guess, really, how long it takes. But it will happen, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm an optimist in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wonderful. Uh, do you, what do you think of the concept of breakdown and breakthrough? Do you think this in is... In relation to... In relation to how we will go through these changes. Breakdown... Well, yes, and, I think... Yeah. There's going to be a breakdown, first of all. You know, the thing is that... Um, if you look at the situation we're in, in terms ecologically, particularly, it's a exactly. disaster. There's no question about it. So, you know, there's, there's a thing called, uh, at one stage, it's not particularly clever, but there was a, a, a theory called the rivet theory. I don't know about that. that. Was, Can you well, the rivet about theory is about, yes. a, it's about a plane flying across the Atlantic, losing a rivet every mile. Uh -huh. So the, the plane will basically keep its integrity uh -huh. for some time, and at some point it will basically fall apart mm -hmm. you know, and crash. Yes. And so yeah. this is what's happening with the species. We're losing one species. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what the rate of extinction is, but it's yes. pretty high. It's, it's, um, I don't know what it is every day. Nobody actually knows. It's, it, we have estimates, and they are pretty high. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all these of an ecosystem, and, and it, they are all rivets, if you want, as it were, um, into, into an ecosystem and we're losing one every day or every hour, I don't know. Exactly. And eventually the, thing, the whole thing is going to crash. You know, there's no question about it. Yeah. So, um, so uh, once we've got a crash of ecosystem, then maybe we're going to wake up and do something. But at the moment, uh, I think that you know, too many people uh, depend on uh, economically on, on a particular system that has been in place for probably about 500 years. Yes. And it's very, very hard to change right now, I think. Uh, how do you see that we, as the human race, 
can participate in reinstoring homeostasis with the rest of the species of this planet, of the living beings of this planet. Mm -hmm. Homeostasis is a state of equilibrium, if I, if, I, if I understand this word correctly. Yes. Uh, well, the problem is that the imbalance is so big right now that, you know, the, um, we can sort of use a framework like Chinese medicine, for example, to, to help ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, the laws of yin and yang, basically, you know, um, which are very simple laws, but they're nonetheless um, applicable to, mm -hmm. to many situations, to every situation, in fact. Um, in fact, there are very wonderful um, naturalist philosophies that we can use to help ourselves for, start, for a start. And so, you know, anything to do with balance, um, as, as, as your question implies, yes. is that basically the, the activity that, that we've had for so long is the damaging aspect of our, of our attitude, if you want, in, the, in, in this situation. You know, we are very, very busy. Um, this is what I talk about in the article. I mean, the, the, the situation as, as we know it now um, has started probably before, but Acutely, as I would say, in, in, in a century when Pluto crossed Capricorn, which was the beginning of the um, Protestant Reformation, that created a particular mindset that was quite compulsive in terms of, uh, which is, which is um, uh, consistent with Pluto, yes. uh, the compulsion of doing something, you know. We were compelled to work in ways that we, we, we have never done before. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this initiated uh, another activity, as it were, mm -hmm. on, on our part. And so, therefore, the answer is basically to be quiet yeah. now. You know, to, the, the yang, the, 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 the overactivity, hyperactivity that we, we showed, we demonstrated for 500 years, needs to be balanced by a relative quiet now. And we are going to have to do it. I think that the question is, you know, we can cooperate, if you want, with, uh, with natural laws, mm -hmm. or we can work against them. Mm -hmm. But one way or another, at some point, we're going to be forced to follow these laws. So either we cooperate and we become voluntarily quiet, we don't move around so much, we work more from home, um, practically I'm talking about now. Yes, yes. You know, uh, we don't consume so much or we consume differently. Mm -hmm. uh, we look at things differently. We look at how things are being produced. We look where they come from, how long they've traveled, yes. and, and so on. We, you know, there are many things. Um, or or we, we are going to be forced to do that because the petrol is going to be so expensive that people will not be able to afford to travel as much as they do now. You know? right. So it will force people to, to, have, to adopt a, 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 more, a more quiet lifestyle, as it were, I think. Would you, would you call it uh, bringing in more of the feminine principle? Well, uh, that's a very good question, actually, because the, you know, if you look at the, um, the situation prior to our current era, at least if you look at the, the birth of the ego, which is roughly placed in about 3000 BC, uh -huh. uh, which started, initiated, as it were, the, the, the patriarchal uh, or male era, right. as it were, of our cultural era, that was preceded by a feminine 
um, a feminine period that lasts a long time, the great goddess and so on. We all know about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I think that we, we are coming to this period. In other words, it's not neither male nor female, ideally. Yes. So we're coming to a moment where we have to blend these things and it's not like the feminine dominates or the masculine dominates, but they both have something to contribute in their own right and, and equally. I yeah. think that, that, and that has to be done, obviously, on an individual level as well. Yes. So people, you know, it doesn't matter who's got the external plumbing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you, exactly. <laughs> if you see what I'm saying. Absolutely. You know, it depends. It's, it's an internal thing. It's, it's basically how we feel and how we express feminine qualities um, if you're a male. And if you do the same as a female, you, you look for your, your male uh, qualities inside and express them, you know? That's right. So I think, I think that's the future. I think that's the next stage. It's an androgynous stage, not neither male nor female, both, I think. And, well, ideally, actually, that's what I think should happen. Whether it will happen, I don't know. That depends on us. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, Maurice, you are writing a new series of articles. Um, you shared that with me the other day. Would you like to talk about what you're writing now? Yes, uh, it's it's pretty much connected with this Pluto, um, this Pluto ingress of uh, in, into Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened is that I noticed that. It's not the only, this time around, it's a little bit different from what happened uh, during the mid uh, mid 18th century, sorry, and the, the, the beginning of the 15th century, is that yeah. this time Pluto, the entering of Pluto into Capricorn is also connected to wider cosmological cycles, um, which, I, which everybody knows about while the, uh, the end of the long, long count of the, the Mayan calendar, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the other one, and the other one is a little bit longer. It's, uh, it's a 26,000-year cycle that started, um, you know, pretty much at the end of the glaciation period, the last glaciation period, which enabled the birth of agriculture. So it was a massive change. And we're coming to these three cycles coinciding now, roughly now. Yes. You know, it's not exactly today, it's, but it's, it's the, this, this period of, of history, if you want. Yes. Um, uh, so it's obviously, you know, when three cycles like this are coinciding together, mm-hmm. it, it must mean something important yes. for humanity. Yes. Um, so it all depends then how you see, I suppose, you know, uh, the global evolution of, of, of humanity. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I like, uh, like Ken Wilber, I, I said that to you before, but I like Ken Wilber and I like his ideas and his models. And so I think that humanity as a whole is, is evolving to, towards, or from, I should say, from uh, subconsciousness into superconsciousness. Uh-huh. And we are at the midpoint. We are at the midpoint of that. Mm-hmm. And we've been at the midpoint for some time. Yes, we are. That's, uh, well, at least that's, that's yeah, my idea along with you know, a few other people. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that the birth of the ego 3000 BC was... Um, roughly 3,000 BC, which also coincides with the beginning of Kali Yuga in Hinduism. Exactly. Um, all these things basically is the midpoint, or points to the, to the halfway cycle of, of human evolution, where now we are going towards um, 
uh, well, to slowly work, hopefully will go towards superconsciousness, which is Batman or God or whatever you want to call it, really. Um, and so it's a very uncomfortable point for humanity because that's the point at which we are the most separated mm-hmm. from from everything, from the whole, as yes. it were. Yes. We are extremely fragmented. Yes. In as as people, as people, as individuals, we are extremely fragmented people. And obviously, so we can only produce extremely fragmented activities and societies and cultures. And that basically is why we're getting, as you said earlier, into the mess we're in, because we don't connect things. We do this, and it's like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, you know. Yes. Um, so, so it's causing a lot of problems. And, uh, and also, it's a, it's a, we've experienced very deep feelings of isolation yeah. and despair. And I think a lot of people... You know, feel these things at least, even if even if only subconsciously, and some people consciously. Are, sure. And uh, it's, so it's a very difficult time for for humanity as a as a whole. But it's it's not. Uh, it didn't start yesterday. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is what I'm writing about. It's I'm writing about this this wider cycles, as it were, and. Uh, which is not exactly astrology, but it is cosmological, or it's trying to connect. Um, human evolution with cosmological cycles. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it is kind of astrological, but not astrological in the sense that we understand it classically, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, I think that if we are at the midpoint, uh, if if I've got this right, I'm not yes. sure. You know, yes, yes, of course. If I've got this right. Um, we are the midpoint of, of our evolution, and therefore it's a critical time, you know. Right, right. Because because we we have to leave behind structures that have served us well in a way. We've been very very successful. Let's face it, you know, as, as a species. Yeah. We've destroyed a lot of things on the way. Yes. Now we have to, and and that's what that's the price of of our success in a way. But that's undeniable. But. Um, but now the, the, the next level is to, uh, to let go of structures, as it were, that served us and that are very or feel very safe for human beings, like the ego consciousness. Ego mm-hmm. consciousness is, is extremely stable mm-hmm. and very, um, very, very, um, how can I say, um, it, feel, it makes us feel secure in ourselves. We have a, a sense of identity. It, it's memory-based. So, because of that, we uh, we cannot change the past. So, so it feels extremely strong. Mm-hmm. To break that down is going to be extremely difficult. I don't know if I make myself clear. What do you think that each individual that listens to this can do on a personal basis at this time? Um, you've uh, spoken well, about becoming more quiet. You've spoken about traveling less. Um, have you got other suggestions you can make? Well, I, you know, my, I'm, not, I'm not a guru and I, don't, I will never claim to be one. So I think people will need to find their own way, in a yeah. way. Yeah. All I can say is that this point is that I, I personally like... I don't follow anybody. I try to... <laughs> I try to follow myself. That's hard enough at times. Yes. <laughs> yes. But but um, <laughs> but uh, 
but but I do like to read other people, obviously, and I, I listen to what some people say, and I'm, I find them very interesting. And one in particular is, is Jiddu Krishnamurti, which I like a lot. Yes. And what he says, I can only repeat what he says, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. He says, don't try and become anything. Mm-hmm. Because when we become something, then there is a conflict. There is a conflict between what we are and what we want to be. And we look at ourselves and say, well, that's not good enough. Yes. I have to be better, or I have to change this, and I have to change that. And um, and I think in that there is a huge amount of conflict, and, and discomfort, and unhappiness. Right. And, right. you know, I think that's, that's a, a first step, if you want, psychologically, um, in, in, in ourselves, that, you know, we, we always try and become something. We always mm-hmm. try and... Uh, we are always in a sense, in, in a sense, uh, uh, in a situation of conflict yes, with ourselves, yes, and I yes. think that's the, that's basically what everybody needs to resolve. Uh, if I have something to say to people, is to try and avoid conflict, or, um, resolve conflict maybe in, within themselves, is to yes. understand where the conflict comes from. Yes. And if they do understand that, if we all understand that, then a lot of external conflicts will just will just disappear of their own accord. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, I think that the conflicts we we experience in in ourselves are mostly to do with the fragmentation that we we have in our psychological architecture that is That's right. you know that is yeah. about to about to give way. Now there are ways of doing that where you know, simply to just bring the the brain to a very very quiet state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the, the 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 internal chattering stops, this this constant chattering that we have, our verbalized self, if you want, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. calms down and shuts up. Then something else happens, and when mm, it's important for people to experience that, I think to to just listen to this. Other voice that we have that is not that is us in a way, but maybe you know you could say maybe it's God speaking through us. I don't know, right. or super consciousness, right. or awareness, uh-huh. or intelligence, as as Krishnamurti would would. It's it's intelligence that is basically yes. expressing itself, but we cannot listen to it unless our own voice goes quiet. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's that's more, that's is what I see anyway. What are the what are the techniques, Maurice, that you use to uh, be able to hear intelligence? Well, <clears throat> I've tried many techniques. To to tell you the truth, I've tried, you know, uh, I've tried uh, Chinese meditation, and I've tried um, in Hindu or Buddhist meditation. I've mm-hmm. tried all this. Yes. And in the end, I just decided that none of it was very good for me. I've tried to practice, you know, um, Tai Chi Chuan, and I've tried to practice all these martial arts and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, Qigong and all that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, well, actually, I'm not sure this is, this is the, the, best, the best way, because if it was the best way, it would have worked by now. Right. You know, we've been, practicing all, we've been practicing all these things and burning incense and praying and all this stuff for, for thousands of years, and look at the state of the planet. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that um, I think that meditation has been made into something that is very complicated. When in fact, it's just a fairly simple affair. It's just you know, bring the brain to a very quiet state. Mm-hmm. When the mind is still, when the mind is still, when 
when, um, how can I put it? Um, you know, kind of, the, the question is, is yes. can the mind be still without, without a wit? Sorry? Can the mind be stilled? Can, can the mind be without a center? I think that's the, that's the main question. Uh-huh. And without egoic uh, translation. Uh-huh. The great translation, which is to put a verbal thing on whatever you're looking at a flower or a tree or a person or whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, you're looking at something. And then so it's immediately, very, very quickly anyway, you know, some translation happens. You said, well, I know what this is. This is a chair or this is a, a snowdrop or this is a, a poplar tree or, mm-hmm. or an oak. And then you have your translation. And that is just not something that is very, very helpful because that's memory-based. Right. So it's the past coming to clash with the present. Yes. You understand what? Yeah? Yes. So this is what we need to stop doing so much. I'm not saying egoic architecture or an ego in it. Of course, it's not. We need, we need to have a sense of identity. Otherwise, we cannot have mutual respect and so on. We, you know, the ego is very important and yeah. we need it. But to have it permanently there, ruling the show, that's the problem. <laughs> I understand. Yes, yes. Well, Maurice, uh, this is excellent. And uh, we're going to bring this uh, spiral to the, next, to the next turn of the spiral. And um, yes. I want to ask you um, what you would like to say in closing. Well, in view of what has been said so far, I think that, you know, it's important for people to do this thing, to understand that it's not um, Pluto and Capricorn and all these cosmological cycles I've been talking about mm-hmm. um, are important and we are at a very important phase. And we need to really peer back into the past and, and to understand where it all comes from and how much, how much the human species has has done and achieved and, you know, and how far it's gone so far. And we can be proud of this. And mm-hmm. I know we've got problems. Yes. I know that it's not easy. And I know that the present is, is, is laden with, with difficulties and so on. Yeah. But if we can look back as far as our, the slumber of the human species into subconsciousness where we were aware of very, very little, mm-hmm. then we can be proud of how far we've walked okay. as, as a species. Okay. And we've got problems to solve, but if we get this perspective that into the future and see that we've got a bright future, providing we can deal with the situation, uh, the present situation, as well as we can, and I think we can do it, um, but it's going to take it's going to take a leap. It's going to take effort, or maybe effort is not the right word actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to take some inspiration. It's going to take looking elsewhere than the past to, to find our direction, you know? Yes. It's because so far, so far, we've always looked at the past. We've always looked at um, what other people have done yes. before us, and we've basically modified this into very, very slightly. Each generation is modifying this its own way, in its own way in the present, but basically we're very much repeating, mm-hmm. repeating and repeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and this is what needs to start. It's just, and um, instead of looking, looking backwards, we need to look 
forward and and, and look for inspiration elsewhere. I think. Okay. So that's I think that is the main thing. Okay. Um, stop falling backward into the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think okay. that that would be my main message is for people to stop falling backward into the future in that way. Beautiful. You know, so yeah. that implies the end of ego consciousness, but I don't think that will happen quickly. Although, you know, there have always been people in all ages that have, uh, amongst the average mode of consciousness, you know, that have leaped forward mm-hmm. in their own lifetime into modes of consciousness. I'm thinking about Buddha. I'm thinking about others. Yes. You know, there, yes. Are, there are plenty of examples. Yes. You know, it's up to us. We can, each, each individual can, can basically uh, evolve very, very quickly in their own lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, the average mode of consciousness or the average individual, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, uh, seem to be evolving very, very slowly. But, if, but we can make this faster if we want. That really is up to us. Maurice, thank you so much for giving us your perspective. You're, I really you're very welcome. And I want to tell people that uh, they can find your article. It's the feature article, Pluto in Capricorn 2008-2023. And people can find it in this month's uh, The Mountain Astrologer www.mountainastrologer.com and also would you like to give out your um, email address in case people would like to get in contact with you? Yes, the email address first of all can be found in the Mountain Astrologer um, it is printed in there but I will give it to you and I, need, I think I need to spell it because my name is Yes, go ahead. So <laughs> yes, of so course. I will spell it. It's, it's Maurice Lavenant at yahoo.com, yahoo.com, and that's spelled M A U R I C E L A V E N A N T. So Maurice Lavenant at yahoo.com. Excellent. Well, I thank you with all my heart, and uh, we'll be in touch again. Thank you, Joanna. It's been a pleasure.